Thank you guys for tuning in. Here's Charlie Crockett. <laughs> Howdy y'all. Welcome to Seeker Story Time. We're your hosts, Matson, Case, and Elliot, and we're the co-founders of Seeker Company. Story time is a natural way to dive a little bit deeper into our friends' lives, swap stories, share a few beers, and have a good time. And so we thought it'd be no better way to start this first story time off than right here in Mendocino, California with our first guest, Charlie Crockett. Welcome. How's it going, Charlie? Hey, fellas. How Thank y'all for having me out. Hey, y'all for campfire tonight. Yeah, we're going. So we heard your uh, old stomping grounds are right down the street from here. Do you yeah. mind giving us a little... Uh, little snippet about where you got going around here? My, like I told y'all, my mama grew, she was born in Denver, but she grew up in the Bay Area. So I always knew, always heard stuff about Northern California mm-hmm. and always wanted to come here. And one day I was at this place, this place they called the Shanty, and it was this old witch lady in Fort Worth, Texas, and she had this shanty, basically, about out behind her property. And lots of traveling musicians and stuff, people would be coming through, artist types, and hang out. That's what they called it. The, the shanty was a hangout in the back. And I was there playing one night, and I met this wild-eyed, long-haired hippie boy, looking like you guys, without oh beards. Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> hippie cowboy. You know. Uh, Raising hell. Rip, well, you know, we call them, you know, they, you know what they call the rednecks up here in, in Mendocino County, right? What? A rippy. Oh, Redneck hippie. Yeah, you know? I like that. Dude, that's that's Seeger 2021. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something else, dude. <laughs> Y'all got people with heavier southern accents up in these hills around here than I would have ever thought. Yeah. You know, just like uh, if you get out in the Central Valley, up and down that five Interstate 5 corridor, man, I'll tell you what. You talk about some cowboys, and that, that Central Valley is full of cowboys. I was out on a tour uh, a couple years back with my... Uh, with all my buddies in uh, the Turnpike Troubadours, their Oklahoma band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of the best independent country bands to do it in a long time. These guys are awesome. Yeah. They're the only reason I have a career. The only reason I'm not still a hobo. Whoa. You know? Why is or, that? You, you with started them. with them? Yeah, man. I was Whoa. handing out CDs on the street in front of uh, Green Hall. Y'all ever heard of Green Hall? Uh-uh. So it's like the oldest dance hall in Texas. It's basically, it's basically in the center of Texas. If you were to take that state shaped like a pork chop and drop a pin in the very center of it, That'd be Green Hall. It's the center of our music in terms of country music and, you know, roots music in general. And I used to hand out CDs out of a cardboard box, actually an album that I made in a barn here in this county, uh, over in Potter Valley, matter of fact, that's inland Mendocino. And I recorded this whole album with a friend of mine, who, I'm, who I, my buddy, I told y'all got a ranch up in Willits. Yeah. His name is Kyle Madrigal. We played music together a long time. I'm going over to his place tomorrow, but we made my first record ever called A Stolen Jewel in Potter Valley in this old farmhouse. And I paid for that record by, you know, just working in Ganja, working in Mendocino County, working the fields, moving soil, um, just working generally around around that agriculture. Maybe this isn't kosher for your label or whatnot, but you had done a lot of your funding from your job on those ranches, so. Yeah, well look, I mean, I have my own label, it's called Son of Davy, which is, is what they call me, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I'm kin to Davy Crockett, so. Oh shit, we gotta get into that. We gotta go into that. I'm telling you right now, yeah. big we dog. We looked at your Wikipedia, <laughs> yeah. and it says distant relative to Davy Crockett, yeah. and we gotta Y'all hear can't about see that the story. Resemblance? Uh, <laughs> we could, we could That's see bullshit. it. Bullshit. <laughs> Has anyone got a <laughs> raccoon hat? <laughs> yeah, I do. But you Doesn't have to tell one. us a little bit about Davy Crockett or what you've heard from well, your ancestors. Big dog, about I'm telling you right now. Yeah, yeah, come on, man. Let's hear it. No, so I'm saying so. When you said, is it kosher with the label? Well, I'm the label. And you know, earlier, man, all that stuff that I said about Mendocino, it was a waste of time. To understand Mendocino, all you gotta understand is that it's full of renegades. Mm. And renegades come from all kinds of backgrounds, as mm -hmm. y'all know. I mean, yeah. there's all kinds of renegades, with all kinds of different point of views. But they all come together in a place like this county. Renegade! Yeah. Yeah. Back to the landers. Mm -hmm. um, people that came up here and out of the 60s movement when this country was getting really wild and all kind of people were polarized and all that kind of stuff. A lot of folks came to this county from all over this country saying, I don't need to rely on anybody. I'm gonna do everything myself. I'm gonna grow my own food. I'm gonna raise my family. I'm gonna live off the land. And I mean, that's as American as it gets. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's something that oh, Texas yeah. and California and every other state, you know, can, I think can step with. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Do you, do you think that comes from your Davy Crockett roots? Oh, from being shit. like an outdoorsman, a hunter. He fought the Alamo. What else did he do? I mean, he's he, a legend. Yeah. Well, one thing is for sure, he always, he was always on the move. You know, he was always on the move. He was always, yeah. what I know about Davy is like I'm talking about this thing with Mendocino County. He's just looking for a place to be left alone. And the story of the things that we're dealing with today ain't nothing new, you know? And the poor, the poor settlers, the pioneers out on the, on the, out on the furthest reaches of, of the United States in the time of manifest destiny, those poor folks get pushed out whenever the money caught up, mm -hmm. you know, on mm -hmm. the frontier. And so, and Davy Crockett was one of those people, his family and a lot of people like him. One thing is for sure is that the truth is stranger than the fiction. You know, yeah. so if you ask me, I got something in the blood with Davy Crockett, I'd say one of the things that I feel, I can tell you, it definitely didn't win me any kind of fame or fortune. The way I look at it, I mean, not to be a, a downer about it, but it's like, I think he's misunderstood. You know, I think Davy Crockett's wildly misunderstood. Hmm. I think the myth associated with him was for a movement that was far beyond the, the man, the man himself, you know? And I think he's the type of cat that, you know, like they have would say, would you know, would have if he could have just slipped over the back wall of the Alamo, I think maybe he would have. But destiny made it to where that wasn't the case. Mm. What do you mean by that though? Like, do you think well, he was Texas, used a little bit? As no, icon, well, or? I think I think Texas was full of rebels, man. Yeah. And I mean, not I don't mean like I mean I mean folks, I mean outcasts. People weren't settling Texas on behalf of you know the American government. Why do you think that is, though? Because I feel like that is the only state that has such an unknown rebel mentality to it. At least, I don't know, maybe in the international world, even yeah. across the U.S., I feel like it's known for the whole rebel mentality. I, don't, I, don't, well, I never really figured out why Texas in particular. I mean, I know like, the Spanish were all up in there. And, I mean, Texas, was a, Texas, Texas was a place that two, two really big, you know, two big empires were fighting over. Yeah. You know, you had the Americans and the, and the Spanish. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then there's all of the folks in that land in between. They got caught up. The natives. 
you know, the, the, the Americans, the Spanish, people of Sp background, Spanish background, and all these people were mixing up over that territory. And Texas wasn't fighting for, it, you know, the cause of the United States. It was fighting for the cause of the Texans. Mm. And so uh, Texas became a republic. And now it was only a republic for 10 years. But it became a republic all the same. And I think the spirit that created that is just, it's just, it's We're just gone. handed down in all the folks. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what your background is. Texas yeah. forever. The rich, the rich white boy and, you know, the poor folks, you know, the, the browner skinned folks from the poorest reaches of Texas, every one of them is all about Texas being, you know, yeah. a, a place to be proud to be from, you know? Oh. I mean, I know I can say that. Like I told y'all I was yeah. running. I was like running from Texas. I really, I really was like, you know, I had this song that I wrote a long time ago. I used to hand out these mixtapes and wrap them up in like newspaper or magazines and stuff. And I would sell them on the street. I would like find model magazines that you could buy, like French model magazines. Mm. I'd buy them. They're Easier like, to sell or something. Because I had all the colorful photos of beautiful, bonus. beautiful women. Yeah, sex sells, man. And bright colors and stuff. So yeah, it does. <laughs> Be a sexy woman, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Sexy woman and in really bright colors. And I would wrap that stuff. I would wrap my it's marketing my, one on one. Yeah, I'd wrap my really shitty CDs. Cause Smart. I, that. I was I was recording songs that weren't any good on like people's laptop microphones, yeah. and just like any device I could. But I would. I used to play on the street, and I didn't. I wouldn't sell anything. I was just playing for tips because I started out just like standing around, like watching dudes play, too afraid to play. Then I'd like. Get a hold of a guitar and go like go play in the park when nobody's paying attention messing with my thing and i wasn't even trying to make money i was just like playing in the park because that was like I, I could be left alone there and uh somebody threw me some change that's really what happened just randomly like, yeah I, that's, I mean that's i'm a i'm a slow learner man like <laughs> i really am i'm thick-headed like, out there man i wasn't even trying <laughs> i wasn't even trying to make money i was like yeah. still like stealing food i was like still stealing food out of the grocery store you know what I mean? Like, you never walked by like a hobo out of his guitar case out and you're just like, maybe like, I should do that. <laughs> you think that I would, I didn't think that I was even, I didn't think I was good enough to even ask for money. Well, that's so I, to so they, they yeah. threw money on, they threw, they threw money at me and hit me in the face and I was like, Still, I didn't get it. That happened two or three times. What did you say back to that? Just threw money in your face? Like, is it coins? No, they threw it in the case. It's probably for your French magazine. Yeah, but that was the thing. Actually, I used to know this dude, and this guy, he was a, he rode a, he rode like a, he rode like an old bike, like a, like a, like a Harley. And they called him Stroker. And he would play this, he was this real crazy long haired dude. He looked like something out of Highlander. And he wouldn't talk to anybody. This guy named Stroker. Stroker. This is his nickname. Check. It was a weird name. And he was a real mysterious guy, you know. And I mean, I think he was caught. I think he was lost in the '80s. And he like never got. You know what I'm saying? Some people like never got out of the yeah, '80s. Yeah. They I there. love those guys. Though. Yeah, I love them too. I really do. They Crazy. usually are pretty good at fixing uh, trucks. I don't like. I don't like the '80s. Okay. But this dude. <laughs> no, I just so he. The long story short, he would sell people CDs in New Orleans because like tourists, they want to buy CDs to like remember their experience. Same thing in Paris, France. A lot of places that I played on the street. The tourists want to buy something from the street artist to remember their experience. Well, like this dude was selling blank CDs, like just like Whoa. wrapped up and stuff, Damn. you know, and getting away with the money, Whoa. and then he like moves spots. That's Damn. fucking badass. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Like, I always had a little bit of like I don't want to say a respect for him, but I'd be like, yeah, no, for sure, that's a hustle right there. That's yeah. a hustle. Yeah. yeah. 
Who's your least favorite artist? <laughs> oh. Let me think about this. <laughs> See? You're making this interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I never was like a big Meatloaf fan. Oh, <laughs> Meatloaf. Meatloaf. We were referencing him the other day. What about that? Uh, Meatloaf. Uh, yeah, no, he's creepy as shit. I mean, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. He's got oh. that one song. I don't think you offended anyone with that. Yeah. <laughs> There's one person yeah. watching. Someone's like, like, no! Like, yeah, people always ask me, you know, they're like, who do you like, Charlie, Beatles or Stones? And I was like, neither. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would be your top three if you had to pick three? No order. Yeah. Just top three, any genre, any good question. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. It would be, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Off the top of my mind. Yeah. Off the top of my mind right now, Just as I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I don't know. Let's see. Pink. Elmore James. Okay. Hell yeah. George Jones. Yeah. Wendy Renee, the soul singer. Mm. Those would be my top three right now. Yeah, wow. Nice. If you ask me again, I'll give you three different <laughs> yeah. Your girl we'll likes George Jones too, huh? Yeah, actually, she's like, uh, she's in the top 1% of George Jones fans on Spotify. That ain't mm. easy to do. How do you do that? I don't know. She, what does that mean? You gotta ask her. She listens to him nonstop. Does, <laughs> does it give you a notification like, hey, you're the 1%? Good job. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Keep Probably. it going. Really? Hey, man, the internet's that's a rewards based system. Don't forget that. That's yeah. true. Mm. That's Here's true. a treat. Yeah. That's true. Spotify's never given me a reward. Hey, listen to them. I know. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, listen. All right. Hey, I got you. Did you see what I'm saying? I want to yeah. know yeah. about how the Seeger Boys. Broke into the game. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Hell that's, yeah. That's a long story. Yeah. I mean, we could get all weird, but then go all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I think somewhere to, a good place to start. Y'all is... talking about? I mean, the Western Surf. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. That's what caught my yeah. attention yeah. about y'all. Honestly, totally. I have people at the shows coming at me all the time. Yeah. You know, and all type of shit. But like, what really, what really caught me about y'all was like exactly what y'all was saying. I was like, man, are these some are these some surfing cowboys? <laughs> that's kind of how it goes. Like we yeah. we. Uh, a good way to put it is back in college days, we were just like, you know, there's cool brands out there in the surf industry that we absolutely respected. And, but we were, we were running different stuff. Like we were always out in the wilderness. We were always doing stuff that like, I was constantly trying to find work on a farm or like, you know, when I was in the summertime trying to go on a ranch or fish up in Alaska for salmon and stuff like that. And same thing with these guys, you know, like they, they had always been doing that stuff. So when i met elliot in college man we we talked about that stuff we're like so sick like we love the surf industry and everything but there's no brand out there that really like pushes that outdoor western lifestyle mm. and uh you know that was something we loved we just loved western movies we loved listening to old blues old western music and and stuff like that and it's like how can we translate that into clothing brand without being laughed at and yeah lord knew, knows we knew we were gonna get laughed at because we basically released some shirts that were just like see your company western grit mm. and right away it's like like all of our friends were like western grit good for you man you grew up <laughs> on the beach like good for you and it was just tough i love you know? that yeah. for you yeah yeah and not to fast forward too much but essentially what happened is we took our time so long that Four years later, after we started the brand, we were all still working part-time jobs, bartending, working at surf shops, doing whatever we could. And only Man, eight that was months like, ago, that was like six months ago that yeah, we did that. Six or eight yeah. months ago, we actually went full-time and started pursuing the brand seriously. Mm -hmm. So it, it takes the grind <laughs> to get there, and we actually did do it the hard way to get there because we didn't want to go to an investor 
or get outside money. We wanted to do it the, the right way. Mm. I don't even think anyone would it. this, though. Yeah. That's the problem. I mean, yeah. what, like, I mean, the, the same thing you're saying, how you were brought to country through blues, if I'm not mistaken. It's the same thing with our sort of brand is we grew up in the surf industry is everything where we're from. That's we're kind of live in the hub of it. And so that, that's kind of the blood of what we do. And it's a big part of like who we are, I guess. But to connect that to the Western side gets a little gets a little tricky because it, 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 it's it's such a hard thing to relate, like showing someone at the beach having a good time, which is it's hard not to have a good time when you're down at the beach. But to show how fun it also can be, even our friends when we were really young, we're talking to 100 people, you know, like all our homies. It's hard. We wanted to show like going to Montana is just yeah. as fun as going on a surf trip down to Nicaragua. Like that's everyone. Like the way people would travel where we're from, they weren't exposed to the America that we loved. We thought like you know that this different cultures aren't. It's not like you're from the South, you're gonna be like this. You're from New York, you're probably like that. There's people all over that have a similar interest, and what we've seen and how we've grown is all <laughs> over. How we've grown and like our area and slowly expanded. It's been little pockets all over, and so that's kind of shown us like. There's people all over who kind of understand what we're doing, and it's not really that calculated what we're doing. We're just kind of trying to connect people and let people be who they are and show that and not bring any rules in and not bring any, like, you got to do this, you got to do that. Kind of strip any sort of stereotype or identity that people kind of connect to and just have someone be who they want to be or be and even switch what they want to be and change and just be like, all right. I'm over it. I'm gonna do that and switch. You know, whether it's music. I mean, it's cool when you you hear an artist and they kind of switch up, and you're like normally playing country, and then they switch and they do like it's a little Nas X shit. Say, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I think about y'all shit. It's just trip out. Y'all should wear cowboy hats on the surfboard. Well, you, you know? know that would look very funny. Funny. Oh man, it's, like, <laughs> it's so west, man. Because it's like the surf, like the surf music. Like that 60s surf, like y'all know Link Ray? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like that sound is so similar to like surf rock. The surf rock is yeah. so similar to like the spaghetti western sound. Yeah, absolutely. And the spaghetti western I mean, sound yeah, like and it over it took like the John Ford, John Wayne thing. Yeah. Dude, I love to reference that because you, you it, use such you know. a you use the steel guitar for the surf sounds, like, you know, in the summer and all that stuff. That's a Hawaiian instrument that made yeah. honky tonk. Exactly. It's the signature it's, sound of yeah. honky tonk. It's super fucking, it's it's there in the music industry. And we yeah. were like, dude, let's make it, you know, not but, let's make it there. And the, but people love the outdoors in the surf industry anyways. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just there. I'll tell you something crazy. You want to hear a funny story? So yeah. that relates to this right here. So it's like, let's hear it. Man, I swear people hate you till they love you. Like, I swear they hate you till they love you. And I'll tell you, and I'll tell you a funny story why. There's a place called John T. Flores, uh, John T. Flores Country Store, outside of uh, just northwest of San Antonio, Texas, and it's another big outdoor shed. And in Texas, we got these country music is is played is popular, and it historically has been played in, in these big dance halls and these outdoor sheds. And John T. Flores is a big one, and a whole lot of people. Well, I was opening up one night for the Turnpike Troubadours was headlining. Tyler Childers was main support, and there was little old me opening up first and three. I stand in the merchandise, shaking hands and kissing babies like I do every single yeah. night. You know, well, I ain't doing that anymore. <laughs> you know, not right now. But I used to do that every single night. And, uh, you know, because that's how, like, I always felt like I was that guy that, like, some people come in the 
any business. Some people are, grow up and come up in a way where they can just walk into any business through the front door and get what they want. And then there's all the folks that gotta come in through the back door. Yeah. You gotta earn that, right? Yeah. And then some of us, we can't get in through that back door and we try to get in, we try to pop the screen, but they'd already blocked that with a piece of plywood. So you gotta dig a hole in through the basement. And I'm just saying, that's the way that I've come at the business. And so I'm shaking hands that night and I'm not supposed to be the guy that's there or whatever, but like I've been playing in Texas pretty hard. Some of those people know me in there. And this girl comes up to me in the merch line, this young girl, this young blonde girl. I never seen her before, you know? I know the type or whatever. And she comes up and she buys a bunch of shit. I don't know, maybe a hundred dollars worth of stuff. And she was like, you know what, Charlie Crockett? When I met you, when I first saw you play, I talked so much shit about you. <laughs> no way. Yeah, she was like, I just hated you. I just, I talked, she's like, I'm not gonna lie, I talked so much shit, you know? And I was like, okay, thanks, you know, <laughs> awesome. What, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. and, you know, uh, were telling, I don't even know what that. And the, it, it was like a pause, you know, yeah. and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm like, why did you buy all this stuff? <laughs> you don't like me. And then she goes, but now I'm gonna tell you the truth. You're my favorite. Hell yeah. That's awesome. And yeah. I thought, and that, like, that doesn't happen to me every night. Yeah. But it, like, I never stopped thinking about that because I'm like, dang, like, sometimes they can hate you all the way up until they love you, mm -hmm. you know? And I just happen to be that type of cat that I think I, think I polarize people or I, people have opinions about me, people project on me. And that, I think that happens anytime, that happens anytime you're doing something different. And the truth is, like, if you have an idea, and everybody around you looks at it and says it's a good idea, it probably isn't original. Yeah. But if they can't see what you're talking about at all, yeah. they just don't understand what you're talking about at all. Totally. You know, it's as crazy as it sounds, yeah. it's like that's probably the thing that's really gonna work. You yeah, it's something. I know that's been the case for me. Damn. So you you pretty much spent a lot of your life in Mendocino. You I feel like you started more blues, is that right? And hit blues, hip hop. And you took on this like a country old western persona and your style and your influence that come from old western films or where'd that where'd that start from great question really i love it uh blues man i think you gotta come from a place of blues somebody like me because i was too dumb to learn songs early on, but and I, I was slow in picking up stuff from people and I had a hard time remembering chords, you know, and I just played my own way, you know, and which is the slow way. It took me 10 years to figure out the name of chords I was holding, you know. But yeah. what I was really good at is I could watch a player on the street on the opposite side from me. I used to do that when I wasn't playing, I would just sit there on the street at night, you know, because they had got the spot and I couldn't play there, you know, it was real competitive, hold a spot down. Mm -hmm. And I just watched those boys or those gals the shapes they was making with their hands and just memorize those. And that's how I learned, you know? And that's what I meant when I said, you know, people told me that I couldn't play music the way that I yeah. played it. You know, people tell it, say, oh, you can't play guitar like that. You can't sing like that. You know, you can't make money if you don't play the venues that they tell you you need to play to get off the street. None of that stuff was true for me. I had to figure all that out, but I did it my way, you know? and. Uh, and so I, don't I know feel like blue, the reason, so my answer, so yeah. what I'm saying is that's blues music. Yeah. What I just described to you is blues music. And it's, where did it transcend into the Western and your style and all that? On the street, man. See, so uh, I think a good country singer is born out of a good blues singer, that's at true. least the, the type that I am, yeah. you know? So that's yeah. like when you yeah. talk about classic country music, 
that's why I have, I'm always gonna, I have an affinity for George Jones and Hank Williams. You know, if we're talking Two about- Two or one? Mm hmm One? Only one. Only one. No, oh, there's only one Hank Williams. Hank Jr.? Who? Do you know what Hank Jr.? Who? I only care about Hank Oh. Senior. I only care about Hank <laughs> Hank 3, though. Nah. <laughs> I used to see Hank 3 play at the Mendocino, oh, uh, at the Ukiah Brewing Company. Yeah, Hank 3 used to play at the Ukiah Brewing Company. That's about all I could get. <laughs> no, man, he played for the hippies and the, like I told you, the no, Rednecks cool. and the cool. hippies. Yeah. And he plays for everybody, you yeah, know, he doesn't. We're fans. No, yeah, that's funny. No, there's only one Hank for me. And he, Hank Williams, I think, was somebody that came out, come out the blues, you know. So how did I get into country music? is the stories, is the drink. I learned drinking songs on the street in New Orleans. That's how I found out about Ernest Tubb. Yeah. Driving nails in my coffin. I learned that off of like a, this black dude that was playing by himself, you know, and he was playing it, just standing on a corner late at night and it was making him mad money, you know? And yeah. I thought, I thought, man, that's a good one right there. And the tourists in New Orleans are, are always drinking. So I learned other drinking songs. My bucket's got a hole in it. Like, I would learn songs like that and then later find out who they were by. So like when I first learned, my bucket's got a hole in it. Yeah. This old Cajun, this young Cajun boy named Sal, who I used to see on the roads around America. The first time I ever met that dude was in Red Hook, Brooklyn at this folk, at this little folk club. Years later, I'd, I saw him on the street. He didn't remember me from back in those days, but one night he taught me, my bucket's got a hole in it. And I was like, man, that's a good song. And I'm like, you write that? And he was like, no man, that was Hank <laughs> Williams first. No. And I was like, oh, that's what Hank Williams does. Mm -hmm. That was a long time ago now, yeah. but like, it's not like I grew up studying Hank yeah. Williams or, or studying country. Yeah. What I'm saying is, I guess, is when I got a little bit older and really learned how to play the music, it was a storytelling in country music, which you could call folk music, yeah. which is blues too. You found an affinity for it. Yeah, yeah. and I just, yeah, man, I just, I fell in love with the idea. What I like about like Westerns, you know, like like Western films, yeah. is I love how it's more about like attitude than like, you know, fancy scripts and these big dialogues and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's about, it's about the, it's about the land and a simple story often of revenge or, you know, you know, um, rags to riches story or something like that, but it's always back. It's always like the act. I guess I like I know I'm not a good actor. Like I I know like I freeze up and I act funny and stuff when I'm on camera like nine out of ten times. And then like the tenth time like I'm real natural and I might look like a good actor. But <laughs> the truth is is like the film's all hey, about. Now they filming you. I like that it's attitude. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, with so many great westerns and so many great actors within the western genre, it's about attitude i agree you know yeah. you know actually I, i've been meaning to bring this up but when i first found out about you i was scouring through youtube you know like going through old country uh just trying to like learn and see like live performances of you know the old greats and and i guess through algorithms jamestown ferry came up and i don't know if that was your first music video or if it wasn't but I watched that and I was like, damn. I, I mean, obviously I love the music, but the style that you had with like the blanket on the fence and all that stuff was like something that I think you probably filmed in Colorado. It looked like Colorado. And yeah. and I was just like, dude, this guy's sick. And like, I, I was convinced that you were probably like from back in the day and then just 
dove a little bit deeper, but I think a lot of people would like to hear about how maybe in, internet influence and how YouTube and how you can kind of dive into that kind of scene to make yourself a little bit bigger, you mm. know, like create, because first of all, I mean, you're, you're a solo performance and Jamestown Ferry, you're by yourself, you know, mm -hmm. and like, and so a lot of artists out there probably are trying to do that. So how did you, how did you get into that whole scene? I put out that video because the way I got into having an audience and being a performer was by learning to stand behind my guitar case. And mm -hmm. from the street corner, that guitar case and just playing songs to where I'm at now, I'm really, nothing has changed. There's more politics involved and I have a team of people. I've got more responsibilities. But that way of learning how to just play and, and people paying you in an in, in environment or in a place that they're not asking you to be, see, you get a real exchange. You know, you find out who you are. It's not, you're not, the reason, like, I didn't learn how to do what I do playing in a venue. I really didn't. I learned how to do it in a public place. And that's a hard place to start from the viewpoint of most people. Another thing is when we saw him in Encinitas and you pulled out the banjo and started playing, it felt like, Damn, real. This fool can't play, but he It felt tried. real. Mm. It, it just felt good. That's yeah. cool. That was and a hell of a show. It was packed, You, you felt like the banjo picking man, and it just felt real and good. Yeah. Mm. So... Come on now. Yeah, it's yeah. good shit. It's good shit. Yeah. Well, I, I'd say the same thing about you boys if I wanted to be as big a liar as y'all. Let's play it. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. It's just some shit Jimmy Martin said about that stuff. I got a song I got to play for y'all. Let me just play it for y'all for a second. Not even the official one, man. Yeah, I just want to show y'all this fucking song. Let's do it. Yeah, and then I've been trying to play with Pick lately because. What are you doing? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, sorry, hey. You guys, I'll be wondering. Come on, Al, man. Oh, come on. No, no, no. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You think I'm handsome? <laughs> nah, I'm not handsome. <laughs> I think y'all are handsome. Oh. Y'all are talented men. <laughs> I'm like I'm like Uncle Charlie. That's who I feel like I am. You are Uncle Charlie. Can I call you Uncle? Uh, no, just call me Charlie. Oh, come on. You call me Daddy. <laughs> Own Daddy. Uh, man. man, I want to thank you fellas, really, for having me out. You know, being in Mendocino County like this, and y'all inviting me to uh, be a part of what y'all creating. Well, I just want you to let y'all know the pleasure's all mine. So let me uh. Let me play a couple of tunes for y'all, cause Lord knows I ain't that good at talking. So, let's see. <laughs> we moved here from somewhere when I was 14. Worked this poor land for bacon and beans. Landlord, he said that our times is near, but that don't mean a thing, see, they already here. From daylight till dark, my work's never done. May the Lord have mercy on this checkpropper son. Mama's got the fever and the baby's sick too. 
papa's downtown just soaking up that booze. Fresh out of prison, says he's never going back. Ain't a bloodhound of Georgia that could follow his track. From daylight till dark, my work's never done. May the Lord have mercy on this chipper son. We bought a new mule, bought him up from down south. It kicked the chew tobacco right out of your mouth. Water in the well, nearly plain out of sight. Can't take a bath on a Saturday night. From daylight till dark, my work's never done. Me, Lord, have mercy on me, set proper's Pops are wilted, no rain day or night. Can't take a bath on a Saturday night. Preach come for dinner, but we ain't got a bite. Mama's in the bedroom, looks like she just had a bite. From daylight till dark, my work's never done. May the Lord have mercy on this aircraft And crops are all whipped no rain day or night. Preach a cup of dinner, but we ain't got a bite. Living in the family, ten daughters and a son. Mama just told us there'll be another one. From daylight till dark, my work's never done. May the Lord have mercy on this checkcropper's son. Carter Stanley, he sang a little better than I did. <laughs> it just warms me up a little bit. I had to, I just had the jitters. This one right here I'm gonna do for y'all is called Welcome to Hard Times. Life's a casino, I'm telling you. And everybody's playing, boys and girls, women, children, me and you. The dice are loaded, and everything's fixed. Even a hobo can tell you this. Welcome to hard times and feeling low. Do you like sinning? No. Well, you will be before you go. We've got lots of gambling. Oh, and we're telling lies. You're certainly welcome to hard times.
take a look in my eyes Tell me what you see Besides the bright blinking lights Stretched out in front of me I wonder if you'll notice Would you even care If I told you my life just isn't fair Welcome to hard times And feeling low Do you like sinning? No Well you will be before you go We've got lots of gambling Oh, and we're telling lies We're certainly welcome hard times Hope you're feeling welcome to hard times. Oh yeah, that's fucking sick. Thanks yeah. for coming, Charlie. Oh, thank y'all for letting me be a part of the little uh, campfire tonight. I had a great time. Yeah, this is fun, likewise. <laughs> 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 <laughs>